WRKS Pickens Jackson. It's all coming back from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. And there it comes again. Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. What is that? What is that? The Zone. And good morning. Welcome into the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Yes, we are live today. I am your host, Bo Bounds. I've got Jason with me. Hope you're doing well. And the show is brought to you by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge, an award-winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. And yes, the Sportsbook and Lounge has a full bar and food. And 40 TVs, and it's awesome, and they already have the college football and NFL games on the board for you. So, you want to play a quick round of golf, hit the sports book, kind of lay out your bets for uh, midsummer with a buddy, and then hit Philip M's, be back in town in 24 hours. You can do that from Jackson, Madison, Rankin County, Meridian, Starkville, Tupelo, and so on. Uh, we're not fr- but an hour from Pearl River Resort from our studio. Easy to get to. PearlRiverResort.com. So, this hour is brought to you by the amazing steaks. Bacon burger, ribeyes, Long Branch bourbon, Kessler Prime, and the Renaissance. KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. They also have Ice Cold Michelob Ultra and Stella Artois. want to welcome you in. Uh, Tom Luganbill will join us for the first time in, I don't know, three weeks, I guess. National College Football Analyst with ESPN, played quarterback at Georgia Tech. And uh, you see him on TV, on the sidelines, in the booth, in the studio. Tom Luganbill will join us at 8.30. Steve Robertson at 9.30 on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Uh, y'all can hit us up on the Michelob Ultra Caller line 601-995-1059. Twitter handle at Bowbounds. And your Ag Up Equipment text line. Ag Up Equipment text line 601-885-3776. Jason and I were talking during the break about, um, and I, you know, guys, I think everybody likes to do this. You know, men and women, um, regardless of gender. Boy, that's a catchword this day and age. But so <laughs> we like lists. We like to rank things. And we like to rank our favorite drinks, our teams, players, coaches, beaches, dive bars, restaurants, you name it. Um, airlines. I mean, wine. It, it doesn't matter. Well, CBB content per chat GPT um, came up with the most hated college basketball players of all time. And they got number one wrong. That's okay. Uh, Actually, the guy that comes in at number two, Christian Leitner, is number one. Grayson Allen is number one. And I know Grayson Allen was was hated. Uh, It's not surprising that the first three are from Duke. And Mike Shashevsky players, Grayson Allen one, Christian Leitner two, JJ Redick three. But 
a guy with Mississippi ties makes the list, Marshall Henderson at number seven. And it's so funny because I've gotten to know Marshall personally over the years because he's always at the Steve Azar celebrity charity event in Greenville, Mississippi. And several years ago, maybe this was four years ago, I think it was his first time to go, he came in late. And we had a couple of spots at his table, so Marshall Henderson and his girlfriend sat with us at Doe's on Thursday. I've told you all this. On on Thursday night, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday event, and Azar brings in all these eclectic people from all over the country and showbiz and sports and musicians, all right, and Olympians and so on. And Marshall sits down. And we have dinner, and we laugh, and we connect, and he comes on the show the next day, and it was a ton of fun. His girlfriend was with him, and she's now uh, his wife. I'm sure y'all saw some clips on social media of Morgan Freeman uh, absolutely owning the mic on stage at Marshall (laughs) Henderson's wedding, and Andy Kennedy in the background dancing and almost kind of had a little Blues Brothers, Dan Aykroyd feel, I thought, AK did. Well, I'm going to have to text him and tell him that uh, maybe a little bit later today. And <laughs> um, and somebody else was on stage. I don't remember. It was Morgan Freeman. I guess Azar. Yeah. So anyway, I think it was Morgan Freeman, Azar, and, and Andy Kennedy at, at Marshall Henderson's wedding. So I don't look at Marshall like that, but I understand he got people's blood bowling. And that he played to the crowd, and he loved it, and he loved to get you worked up if you were not an Ole Miss fan. And we all remember the Auburn game and many others. And so it's funny that he's here on number seven because he's not like that. When you're when you're hanging out with him and, you know, you're at Doe's and the beverages are flowing and the steak and the tamales and the fries and all that, or you're hanging out with him at the Greenville Country Club, whatever you're doing, you know, he's just not like that. Well, this past year, uh, his dad, Marshall Henderson's dad, comes to the Steve Azar event. And I had not met him. And he's a 34-year coach in Texas. Wow. I, I didn't know that. And he, when I tell you he was a good dude, so on Fridays you get there and everybody just kind of hangs out in the lobby of the True Hilton Hotel in Greenville. It's it's new. It's it's a pretty little hotel. Uh, Azar, all, Azar's wife and, and all the ladies do an amazing job decorating it. You know, they got a full bar. And I went and got a Tito's. And he got a Tito's. And we sat down at a table, and we just chewed the fat for an hour and a half. <laughs> and he's a neat dude. Um, you know, they, they, were, they were swimming at a high level in sports with Marshall being good. And I think Marshall's uh, had another sibling or two that was – more than competitive in sports. But uh, I think his name's Billy. But I'll have to text. Um, good, good guy. And then I met Marshall's mom. And she's super sweet, too. So it's funny that he's on this list of most hated basketball players. I do get it. Um, but I also, but I very much get that Duke has the top three players. I would have Christian Leitner, one. Then Grayson Allen, two. And then J.J. Redick, three, from Duke. Chris Webber is four. Chris Webber was one of my favorite players. He was my favorite of the Fab Five. I loved Chris Webber. I loved him at Michigan. 
and I loved him with the Sacramento Kings. And when the Sacramento Kings played the L.A. Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, this was years ago. And and I loved Kobe. I mean, I, I, I admire Kobe, I, his play on the court and all that. But I was cheering my tail off for the Kings to win that series. That was, that was gonna, I, you just knew that was going to be Weber's only shot and uh, Sacramento's only shot to, to win a championship. And Weber stayed there too long. But, you know, guys like, you know, we have guys, Dak's going to stay in Dallas too long, right? I mean, guys that are great players, but because of surrounding, setting, not going to have an opportunity to win. Chris Paul, you know, he stayed He stayed a couple of places too long. Great player. Barkley stayed with the Philadelphia. There's a lot of similarities. Barkley, Dak, Chris Webber. Um, you know, you, you get somewhere, you like it, they treat you well, you win just enough. I mean, Dak's been remarked to take that. That squad and that franchise with no GM, as dysfunctional as it is, to four playoffs and and win a road playoff game against Tampa Bay and Brady and win a home game against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks when they were good. I mean, that's beyond impressive. But but Chris Webber was one of my favorite players, Jason, and he is fourth on the most hated list. Now, Tyler Hansbro is fifth. I'd put Hansbro over Webber. And Joe Kim Noah's on here. How can a Florida Gator basketball player be one of the most hated basketball players? Nobody cares about Florida basketball, except me, because I love Billy Donovan. All right, Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine, an orthopedic center on Fortification. And then Lakeland Drive, Flowood, new surgery center clinic. Good morning. Welcome in. We are the Out of Bounds Show. Uh, Yeah, we were talking about most hated college basketball players. And um, this list through chat uh, chat GPT, um, you know, no doubt some of it is correct. Some of it's totally wrong. And I wouldn't have Grayson Allen from Duke, number one. I'd I'd have Christian Leitner, but that's probably my age. You know, um, I've told you all this. I was a huge UNLV fan, and I love Tark the Shark, and I love Greg Anthony, and Stacey Ogman, and Gillum, and, and all the guys that went through UNLV. I was at the Final Four in 87 when they were there. I wanted them to win it. I was not happy uh, when they did not. They didn't even get to the finals. Uh, they would win it a few years later in 1990, which is really remarkable considering, you know, what Tark the Shark had to do at UNLV to win it. Um, And then the next year I was really, really ticked off when Duke and Christian Leitner and Grant Hill and Bobby Hurley uh, beat my UNLV uh, running Rebels. It just didn't, didn't sit well with me. And so I would have Christian Leitner as number one on most hated college basketball players. And then I'm fine with Grayson Allen or J.J. Redick being number two. But I do understand the top three being Duke players on this list and Grayson Allen, Christian Leitner, and J.J. Redick. 
Um, they have Chris Weber at four. Makes no sense to me. Weber's one of my favorite players of all time. Loved him. Loved his game. Uh, so smooth. Could play inside, outside. Uh, wish the NBA at that time would have even developed his game even more from the outside. I think he could have just – this is because he was an unbelievable player. I, I think he could have been two or three times better. But when he left Michigan uh, in the mid-'90s to go to the NBA, we weren't you know where we are the last seven or eight years. Europe's been there for a while, as you can see, with – uh, the players coming over here to play in the NBA. Uh, Women Yama is going to be, who knows, uh, probably unbelievable. Uh, Jokic, you know, you know what he did with the Nuggets. But the point is here is that Weber would have been even better in the game today than than he was, and he was good. I would have Tyler Hansbro from North Carolina uh, at number four, not Chris Weber. And then Marshall Henderson comes in at number seven. I get that. I mean, Marshall was he did, to not pl- to play at a school that doesn't care about basketball and and be good and exciting yeah. and in your face. Um, that rubs a lot of people wrong, and Ole Miss fans loved it. Oh yeah, and he played to the crowd. Um, I've gotten to know Marshall personally, like I said in the last segment. He's nothing like that, like you you were able to see. Now, is he a big personality? Is he fun? He's very intelligent. Um, he uh, super – I mean, it, when you're having a steak dinner and a beverage and good conversation, you know, he is he, he's who you want to have that kind of dinner with, right? Um, and a really good player. You know who else is on this list? Reggie Miller comes in at number nine. We didn't get college basketball on TV like we should have back then. I, I, Reggie Miller, unbelievable player. Can you imagine if Reggie played post-2010 in, in the Steph Curry era? Jeez. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? Now, Reggie was not the ball handler that Steph is. Um. But dude could shoot. And then coming in at number 10 is Ron Artest at St. John's. I don't even remember Artest at St. John's. I remember Artest in the NBA. I remember the Pacers-Pistons. I remember several other things. And the guy was very talented. Uh, a little bit of a loose screw. But that, that's your uh, that's your most hated college basketball players of all time per chat GPT. I think they missed on several, but they, they hit on several too. Leitner was something, man. Leitner was hated. At Duke, he was. In fact, I think Duke Duke was Duke was loved prior to. Or I'm sorry, Duke was kind of irrelevant and kind of loved prior to that because they never won. Remember, if you win, gives you a reason to hate a team. New England Patriots, Alabama Crimson Tide football, uh, Golden State Warriors, I, whatever. Um, Georgia now, I think, is kind of trending in that in that space with with Kirby Smart because they're not going anywhere and Kirby's going to win you know it I think I'm going really low here at least two or three more uh, because he because he's so young um I will be interested to see if it, if we like to kind of go overboard and say well he's got to win five more you know because he's only 47 but I don't know I don't know Saban's 
doesn't have much time left. And so we're all interested to see what happens with Bama and, and all that. But circling back to most hated college basketball players, um, that just – for me, I grew up such a big college basketball fan in the 80s. I, I couldn't get enough of it. I loved it, lived for it. Um, it was a great time. So is now, by the way. But it was a great time, you know, in college hoops. And, and players did stay longer. Yeah. You know, the Patrick Ewings and so on did did stay longer. Um, out of bounds, driven by the Nissan Pathfinder, Cannon, Nissan and Jackson, the all-new body style, Nissan Pathfinder, uh, Cannon, Nissan and Jackson. I do want to say this. You know, we dropped the Tyrone Keys interview at 7.30, and Tyrone Keys played with Johnny Cooks. And we, we have received a ton of feedback on that interview and the Rob Fessmeyer interview and the John Bond interview, all teammates and friends of the late Johnny Cooks. Great player. But I do appreciate it when y'all reach out and say, hey, that was an, you know, a friend of mine named Shaw reached out. Hey, super interview. That was cool. Another guy, Brad Logan, Ole Miss Insider, he's in the media. Brad hit me with a text about 20 minutes ago and said, dude, that was a great interview. And in our world of media, um, you don't always find that where people compliment each other, um, you know, and I don't really like run with the, the media, although I have plenty of friends in the media, but I'm not a press box guy. I'm not one that has to jockey for the right seat, worried about what they're serving, you know, believe that it's my divine right to be served food before the game. And, and I have to be in a certain place in the press conference and all that. But that was cool for Brad Logan, who lives in North Mississippi, right outside of Oxford, to say, hey, dude, um, that was a damn good interview. And it was because of Tyrone. I mean, Tyrone shared amazing, heartfelt stories. And that's the business we're in. You know, we're not in the business of breaking down games. Thank God. We're in the business of storytelling. And Tyrone Keyes, you know, was magnificent. I mean, just sharing stories of his friend and teammate. And uh, I had no idea that Johnny Cooks went back and, and bought the farm that he grew up working on, he and his family grew up working on. Um, the the story of Johnny Cooks baiting Coach Paul Bear Bryant is still unbelievable because a lot of people listening do know this, but some do not. He was beyond a demigod. I mean, he was college football, and we didn't have a lot back then. We just didn't have a lot to hang our hat on, you know, here in the Sun Belt. I mean, we have come a long, long way, and we're hitting our stride, and it's a cool place to live, and the quality of life is amazing, and you can make a whatever, you can make a lot of money, and you can be, you know, have success and build and all this, man. In 1974 and 78 and 80, you didn't have a lot to uh, to really hang your hat on, no pun intended, with Coach Paul Bear Bryant with his uh, famous hat that he always wore. But uh, that was cool, the feedback on the Tyrone Keys. If you missed it, it's on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. And uh, the show is brought to you by the amazing Purple Mattress from any of the Miskelly Sleep Stores in Mississippi. Wendy and I sleep on one. We love it. The Purple Mattress. 
from any of the Miskelly Sleep Store locations. Tom Luganville coming up next. Good morning to you. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. show is driven by the all-new body style from the Nissan Pathfinder at Canon Nissan in Jackson. Test drive the Nissan Pathfinder from Canon Nissan in Jackson this week. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. We'll welcome in our friend Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. I think he's been in Hawaii for a couple of weeks. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Lugs, good morning. What's happening? Well, good morning. Good to be back with you, man. How was Hawaii? It was really good. You know, it was a, it was a work-slash-family uh, break. We run a camp combine series out there because um, – I don't think I shared this with you. Maybe I have, but in the state of Hawaii during COVID, they, they essentially did not play high school football for two complete seasons. And it really hindered the ability of those kids to, to get evaluated, get seen, and, and potentially play college football. So we've gone out there, and we put them through the paces for a couple of days, and then we take all of that data and put it into our database and get it out to uh, respective schools and colleges with the, with the hope of, you know, getting the kids seen so that they can get identified. And it's been really successful. This is our second year doing it. And uh, and then was able to take the family out as well. My, my kids have never been to Hawaii. My wife and I just celebrated our 22nd anniversary, and we had honeymoon in Hawaii. So the timing of it just kind of worked out. That's awesome, man. A little bit of work and, uh, and some family time. That's good. Yeah. Now, where uh, Where were you in Hawaii? We were in Maui, so the, the first uh, four to five days we were in Wailea on the one side of the island, and in the last five days we were um, up in Kanapali in Lahaina, and then we, we held our event at uh, a local high school up on the mountain just outside of Kaului. Okay. Best meal you had out there? Oh, man. Um, we did a luau. Um one night, and it, it's interesting to sit here and say that, especially in your neck of the woods, how spoiled we all are with great barbecue and pulled pork. And let me tell you something, the Hawaiian Islands can match it. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. okay. Well, um, so it's funny that you just spent a couple of weeks in Hawaii, uh, one of the beers that we partnered with for 2023—it's Kona. Kona Big Wave. Oh, my man! And Longboard. Let me tell you something. They have a couple of things about Kona Brewing Company. Okay, so you've got the Big Wave Ale, you've got the Longboard Lager, mm-hmm. you've got the Fire Rock, and then they bring out different seasonal types. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is some of the best beer you will ever drink. And without a doubt, they have the coolest artistry on their cans and bottles that you will see anywhere. It is awesome. I'm so happy for you, dude. You are going to love that. Well, we're having a blast with the, I agree with you on on the cans and the bottles. 
And so cool, Kona, right? it's quality, quality beer and very cool. Yeah. And I love their liquid aloha slogan, oh, which yeah. I just think is super cool. And it's going to be a good landing spot for, for us. But, yeah, Kona Big Wave, Kona Longboard, I bet you had some some really good uh, – you know, seasonal out there, but we're, we're oh, exci- yeah, we'll, man. we'll be with them for a while. We're, we're excited. No doubt. They do no a doubt. Kona coffee Porter as well. And Ooh. they do a Hialeah pineapple IPA. Like, mm. oh, I'm just telling you, man, good move on your part, brother. Hey, and guess what? We have, uh, I think you know this a little bit. You haven't been there. When you came in town a couple of, a couple of years ago to speak at River Hills, for the Jackson yeah. Touchdown Club, you and I went out after and, and had a steak and, and got to catch up. Yeah. But you didn't make it to the studio. You had to fly out the next morning. But we have a we built a bar in our studio, and we have taps. And on tap right now, we have Kona Big Wave Golden Ale. So, oh. uh, Who's it's, better uh, than you? I mean, I, seriously. Look, look, I mean, I don't get to go to Hawaii for two weeks, but mid-afternoon after we put in a, a good day, I can pour – an ice cold Kona, you know, and that's uh, that's awesome. That that's a beautiful thing. All right, let's talk football with Tom Lugan, Bill, uh, with ESPN. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. I was looking at uh, the top quarterbacks returning for 2023, and uh-huh. most people start with Caleb Williams as number one, which he's a super uh-huh. talented dude. Um, who was good at Oklahoma and now and now Southern Cal. As someone who played Power 5 QB and has been evaluating these guys for over 20 years, is is Caleb Williams your no-doubt number one going into 2023, Tom? Um, I think it's a neck-and-neck proposition between Caleb Williams and Drake May. And, um, you know, I, I was really fortunate – over the last couple of years to be able to see both of those players more than once in person. And in comparison to the other people I've seen across the country, they are in a different class. Now, I'll say this, and I'm going to bring out a name to you, and you're going to go, what are you talking about, man? The guy at Duke, Riley Leonard, is a legitimate, bona fide, potential Andrew Luck type player. He's that good. People don't know it. He burst onto the scene last year. Somehow Duke won nine games. Mike Elko just felt this guy fell into his lap. And um, so I think he's another guy that's out there that that uh, is going to surprise some people this fall. But just to answer your initial question, what I've seen from Drake Maine and Caleb Williams, when I look at it from an NFL draft perspective, you're going to be – nitpicking you're going to be splitting hairs if you're in the top one or two picks whichever guy you pick i don't know if you can go wrong i don't like with this year i think there was a ton of risk with anthony richardson i think there's a ton of risk with will levis i think there is very risk very little risk with may and williams okay for our listeners caleb williams starting quarterback at southern cal drake may at north carolina and luganville just dropped riley leonard on us uh, the Duke quarterback, we all know how difficult it is to win at Duke. Um, and Cutcliffe did a really good job there. And Elko was at A&M with Fisher. I actually think he kind of saved Fisher's you-know-what while he was there, considered a an A 
coordinator, defensive scoring efficiency mm-hmm. numbers were incredible. And as Luganville just said, he goes to Duke and and wins some games. Anytime Duke wins over five games, I think is damn near remarkable. And um, no cut. As y'all remember, years ago, went to the Peach Bowl. They played Johnny Manziel. It was a heck of a game, high scoring. It was. And he, he went to some other bowl games. So Drake May at North Carolina. Now, let me ask you this, Tom Luganville, because Longo has been on this show several times. Uh, we communicate yeah. a good bit. I think he's very underrated as an offensive coordinator at every level. Um, I think he did a wonderful job at Ole Miss. I think he saved uh, Mac. Browns, you know what, while at North Carolina, because they yeah. haven't been able to stop me. Uh, with Longo going to Wisconsin, how do you think that could impact Drake May, who could go in the top five of the NFL draft next year at North Carolina, Luke? Well, I, I think, you know, it's funny because the new offensive coordinator, Chip Lindsey, I was I was talking to him when, I, when he got the job and I shot him a text. I said, good for you, man. I said, you just fell into a top five overall draft pick. And so... <laughs> You know, all he's got to do is not screw it up. You know, I think it, when you're Chip Lindsey and you look at that offense, they return nine starters at North Carolina. All the guys around Drake May are back. Just don't reinvent the wheel. Don't try and stick a square peg into a round hole. Line them up and let them play. Um, and I, I agree with you on Phil Longo, and, and, I, and I find it sometimes perplexing that we still question um, him to some degree, or I don't, but people question him to some degree as a coordinator. All I know is his offenses score a lot of points. They're exciting. They spread people out. It's going to be unbelievably fascinating to watch that experiment at Wisconsin because it's. I don't know if you can get the athletes there to do what they want to do, but it's going to be fun to watch it. But um, I just think if you're North Carolina and you're Mac Brown and you're sitting there saying to Chip Lindsey, "Hey, listen, let's you know, let's keep it simple, stupid here. We 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 don't need." We've got a signal caller. We've got weapons around him. Let's stay out of the way. Sometimes you can overcoach the thing. We were debate. All right, so you like Caleb Williams and Drake May. Jordan Travis mm-hmm. is at Florida State. Yeah. And Jaden Daniels, obviously, is at LSU. And they're going to play uh-huh. first weekend, um, Labor Day weekend. And last year's game was really good. And this year's game will be in Orlando. Yeah. So... I thought Brian Kelly did a, an amazing job last year with, with LSU, and it looks he like did. Norvell has turned the corner the last six games at FSU of last year. Now, so my first question is this, since that's the biggest game of week one, are you buying that Norvell has turned Florida State around, Tom? I am buying that there is no more doom and gloom lurking over the program. There's a different vibe. There's a different energy. Um, you know, from, from when Jimbo left till about probably entering last season, there was just this sour, very negative feel and aura around the program. And it was something goes wrong. Oh, here we go again. Something goes wrong and it snowballs downhill and they, they couldn't recover. It was a team that was sloppy. It was undisciplined. They had athletes. You could watch them and look at them on the hook, and you're going, how in the world are these guys playing like this? And somehow, some way, Mike Norvell has corrected that. Now they're, they've got confidence. I think they know that they are good. The There's not a sky-is-falling mentality if something doesn't go their way, if something goes wrong. So from that perspective, I think he's created an entirely new outlook that's 
uh, giving them a chance. Now, this game's intriguing to me because, you know, last year at this time, they knew a little bit more going in, particularly on offense, about what they were going to be and who they were going to be. And they caught LSU at a time where they didn't. And LSU was not entrenched offensively. They hadn't quite settled in on Jaden Daniels and his strengths and what they should do and what they should stay away from. If that game would have been played in week 11 or week 10 instead of week one, it might have been two entirely different teams because LSU had settled in at that point. This time around, both teams know exactly who they are, which I think is pretty cool because I think it's going to make for a great game. Okay, for our listeners, what Tom's talking about, Tom Luganbill on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Jordan Travis is the starting QB at Florida State. Very talented. His story is amazing. By, by the way, to... by the way, Bo, real quick, sure. I think he is the most improved player, regardless of position, in all of college football over the last two years. I, I remember, I remember watching him have to play in the Sun Bowl versus Arizona State. He was a redshirt freshman. He had transferred from Louisville. He was so bad. I remember watching going, there is no way that this kid can operate at the Power 5 level in the passing game or as a quarterback. He's a great athlete. You have to move positions. And Mike Norvell has literally, like, waved a magic wand. It's been remarkable, the progress that kid's made. I want to piggyback off that with Tom Luganville on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. So for our listeners, Jordan Travis is the starting QB at Florida State. As Luke said, Norvell and crew have done a really good job with him, uh, Kenny Dillingham earlier, and so on. And obviously, Jaden Daniels is the QB at LSU. Both of them are considered top 10 quarterbacks in college football. They'll go head-to-head Labor Day weekend. Now, this is pretty – I want to piggyback off of what Luganville just said, and he knows this story. When Norvell took the job, uh, Jordan Travis was so down on his ability to play quarterback, his confidence was so low – that when yeah. Norvell arrived, he asked to switch positions to our listeners. Yep. And then offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham told him, absolutely not. Now, isn't that an amazing story, Luke? It is. It's, it's a great story, and it's reflective of the kids' work ethic. It's reflective of the kids' willingness to battle. I think that's the thing that stands out the most to me is – from what we've seen in our culture right now, in the college football culture, 90, over 90% of the kids in his situation would have entered the transfer portal. Yes. And he didn't do it. He stayed. He battled. He fought. Um, the coaches gave him an opportunity to prove himself. He studied. Um, I remember last year at ACC Media Days, he was one of the, the, the guys that Mike Norvell brought to Charlotte, and I had a chance to sit down with him and visit with him. And, you know, I just I, I credit the young man because – we're, we're in a place right now where the moment something doesn't go your way or the moment something becomes hard, we've created this easy front door for everybody to take. And most guys do. And he didn't. And I think that if you're a guy in that locker room and you look at Jordan Travis, you want to be Jordan Travis, right? I mean, that's the type of impact he can have on your football team because he didn't bail. So... You th- do you feel like Jordan Travis can uh, – there's a spot, a place for him in the NFL, Florida State QB, Tom? Oh, I don't think there's any question. If, if there's a spot for Jalen Hurts, 
All right, that type of guy. There's, Fair enough. There, there's no doubt in my mind. If there's a spot for Tyler Huntley, okay, there's there's no doubt in my mind. And to be honest with you, he's very similar to Matt Corral. Now, he's probably a better runner, and Matt's a good athlete. We know that. So, of course, there's a spot. But you got to, if you're hitting that type of guy, and we're seeing more and more of this from the National Football League, is, you know, you got to find the right landing spot with an offense that's going to be willing to go non-traditional. It's going to be yeah. willing to utilize some of those athletic traits. Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds show. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that's why you got to give a lot of those long lifers in the NFL a lot of credit that are, that are changing their philosophy. No, I love it, which takes me to John Rice Plumley. John Rice Plumley at Central Florida under Gus Malzahn. We're visiting with Tom Luganbill, who played quarterback at Georgia Tech with ESPN. So he's getting – he is developing every year better and better as a better passer. What he can do with yeah. his legs is simply remarkable. Um, and he's a smart – every coach, I t- he is smart, smart, smart. Yeah. Um, but he's getting all these reps – Luke's. So even if he's never a Jalen Hurts, even if he's never a starter, um, you know, even if you if you make a roster and you're the number two for ten years, you make a fortune now in the NFL. If he takes oh, yeah. another step forward this year, Tom, could he have a shot to make a roster in the NFL at quarterback? Sure, he could. If Stetson Bennett can, I mean, really, what's the difference in them size wise? And and John Rice is a better athlete. Yes, I he mean, is. I. I, I I think that, you know, we've gotten to the point now where, you know, size isn't what it used to be, and it's not as big of a detriment as people made it out to be. Um, but, but sure, I think that I, I think he'll have a monster year. Now, the question is, how quickly and how well can they adapt to a Power 5 schedule week in and week out? That could take its toll. And I think it could on BYU. I think it could on Cincinnati. I think it could on Houston because there's, there's an adaptation period of building depth and building the talent around you to compete like that week in and week out. But offensively, if you look at Gus Malzahn and that offense, every iteration that he's ever put on the field, the one that has an athletic quarterback is far superior than the iteration that doesn't from a production standpoint. It's just it's centered around that element makes that offense go. And when you don't have it, it's limited. So I think they're going to be a full complement because that guy brings that element to the offense. I can't wait to see what John Rice does in his last year at Central Florida. You do make a great point. You know, making the move to the Big 12 it, it is a different deal. Um, yep. And Central Florida and Cincinnati and Houston and BYU will have to adapt, just like Texas and Oklahoma. I don't think people understand. Right. I think people have understated what Texas and Oklahoma are going to have to do as far as adapting oh. to the physicality of the Southeastern Conference when you catch about three games in a row, and then maybe you get a non-conference, and then you get three more. I don't think people understand in other leagues, Tom, what our, especially in the West since 92, yeah. what our teams go through as far as the physical gauntlet uh, in the Southeastern Conference, Luke's. Well, it, and it, it's in the trenches. I think that's the thing. Is it, it, you can get beat up and you can get physically outmanned, and then when that happens, everything starts to go downhill. And, and it's, listen, let's be quite frank about it. It's the reason why Oklahoma hasn't been able to win a, a playoff game. They get outmanned up front. All of a sudden, all those exciting offensive things they're doing get shut down because they get off platform, they get off rhythm, off schedule. And, you know, those two teams are going to have to build towards that. 
And by the way, you know, Oklahoma more so than Texas, but Oklahoma, like, where are they going to go get those guys? Like, they're going to have to go into everybody else's backyard. Not going to happen. steal a great defensive lineman. I don't know how many times they can do that per cycle. I don't. I, look, I, I know you know Brent Venables really well. I know he is one heck of a defensive coordinator. We'll see what kind of head coach he is. I kind of lean towards it's probably not going to work. Um, it's not their fault. Uh, where they're located, what they've done the last 50 years is nothing short of remarkable as far as yep. winning at a high level. But uh, And they've had three great coaches go through there. If you want to count Lincoln, that's fine. But And that could be fourth. But, but three who stayed a long time who were amazing post-World War II. I think Oklahoma mm-hmm. is in for the rudest of rude awakenings. Not It's not their fault. It's just timing location, moving to yeah. – here's what I say all the time, Tom, because I cover two teams that will never be Georgia, Bama, and LSU. But here's what I talk right. about all the time because the two teams have been in the SEC West since 1992, and I've been to Oxford and Starkville a million times, and I watch their games every weekend. As far as toughness component, Luke's, there are no and, – and you could throw in Arkansas, but there are not two tougher teams in the country than State and Ole Miss. And what I mean by that is – the, these teams in the ACC that are that are pretty good to good, like State and Ole Miss, and these teams in the Big 12 and Big 10 that are pretty good to good and can win six to nine games a year, they don't understand what the dogs and the Rebs go through year year to year, Tom. And they never will. No, that, that's right. And, you know, the thing is, is you better be tough if you're a Mississippi State or an Ole Miss or an Arkansas. That's, that's how you try to counterbalance the, the maybe the lack of overall talent profile when you're battling in Alabama or in LSU or in Georgia. Like I remember, I remember talking to other coaches in the league during Dan Mullen's like best years at at Mississippi State, and the one thing everybody would say about them was, "Holy smokes, are they big and physical up front?" Like that that was the way to try to compensate for maybe not having Alabama or Georgia's players. Sure. Yeah. And and what Dan did as far as running that program, and that's why, and we both like Joe Moorhead, but um, you know, Joe, Joe went with a softer offseason, and you can't do that in Oxford and Starkville or Fayetteville and win. Um, yeah, Tom it has got to be a grind. Does. It, uh, January and August have to be just – over the top so hey man um glad you're home and you and your family had a wonderful trip to hawaii um sec media days next week and then we'll get closer to the season so we'll talk next week appreciate it buddy all right sounds good pal thanks tom luganville national college football analyst with espn joining us on the farm bureau insurance guest line bundle your car and home and save at favorites.com. That's F-A-B-E. You can get a quote in four minutes or less. Powered by favorites.com. Or just pick up, just Google real quick. Closest Farm Bureau insurance agent. Boom, pick up the phone. They'll put it together for you. Show is also presented by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck. When you buy that truck, SUV, or Jeep, you want to take it straight to RPT. Rick's Pro Truck, Glugstat, Flowood, RPT Commercial in Pearl.